0: I continue to be obsessed with how strange his mother is. Like mm. <laughs> the brown oh the whole brown suit yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. The brown suit. <laughs> I loved her.
1: <laughs> I love how it's like the, call the, her. when he slouches, it's bad, but when he wears a nice tailored shirt, it's, it's also, also bad. bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know what that tells me? Is this is a man who tries to or yeah. Yeah. something. Yeah, look at me. I don't believe in myself. I'm not <laughs> confident. <laughs> yeah.
2: I fucking love her so much. <laughs> it is such a great way to, to like understand like how this character is fucked up. When you look at his mother, you're like, oh, okay. There we go. I get yeah. it.
1: <laughs> who
0: is... It, is Uncle Herlan going to be a reveal that we have already met this person? Like, um, Is it going to be Luthan or something? Just I because doubt it. the fact his name keeps being brought up, but we never meet him, just feels like there's some kind of reveal being set up. I guess it could be. It I, feels I,
1: I, likely that he'll be someone important that he'll never... Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Just like
2: a named character who never matters, yeah. yeah. So I I don't I didn't assume that we were going to get like some sort of like twist arrow but mm. yeah we could who's to say you must it have let me figure yeah, out what
0: happened Harlan to you
2: <laughs> Arlen Palpatine that that's Harlan my name all my <laughs> And This is the thanks I get you wear a brown suit
1: <laughs>
0: of Why Did We Watch This? Podcast where three friends sit down with a troubled movie and a themed cocktail and then talk about what worked, what didn't, how they would fix it. But not this time. It's a (laughs) mini episode. And so before we get to the announcements that come with that, I am Chris Ravel. I'm Lee Delahanty. Brendan Simwa. Simwa! Simwa! Uh, we're going to be doing, in two weeks, 1963's Sword in the Stone. The Sword in the Stone! A classic Disney. Mm-hmm. Kind of, maybe slight. I mean, it's not normally at the top of the pile for when people are talking about Disney movies, but it's in the mix. I mean, look,
2: we'll talk about where we all view this movie.
0: Yeah. I think,
2: I think part of this, I just, bit. just to tip slightly is, um, because we have some contrasting
1: views. Yeah. This is going to be a little bit of a clash <laughs> of the Titans situation. Listen, I has been years since I've seen it. So maybe Same. I'll have some more things to say. About it's it.
0: honestly probably been close to like 30 years for me
1: since I've seen yeah. it. But I will say I probably have, it's so much of it's probably burned into my brain. Yeah. So, you know, like I wore out the VHS of this growing up. Mostly the, um, the
2: shape-shifting duel. That's, yeah, the wizard that's what soul.
1: sticks in my head. Right. I, I mean, know, that's, that's the, the good shit. The shift. song, One two three.
0: Six, yes, uh, I remember that. That's
2: what makes, makes the, the world go round. Yes. Yeah. Um, the squirrel song. <laughs> that, fucking, that fat, horny lady squirrel. Oh, she's so horny for Berlin. Isn't it funny how fat and horny she is? And doesn't she kind of like
0: speak in that... Like... Yeah, it's just like I a know, bunch it, of chittering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brendan, what are we going to drink to get through it?
2: We're going to drink two things! because <laughs> what? We came up with ideas and we couldn't that say no. Alright, so we're going to start out with our Arthur-themed drink, which is called a Medieval Muddle. And This is going to be two ounces of whiskey, half an ounce of cranberry-rosemary-simple syrup, which I'll come back to in a moment, some aromatic orange bitters, and rosemary sprigs. You're going to place... So What we're going to do first of all, you're going to make the cranberry-rosemary syrup. That's half a cup of water, half a cup of sugar, a quarter cup of cranberries, and two rosemary sprigs. You combine the sugar, water, and cranberries in a saucepan over medium heat. Heat it until it's almost boiling and most of the cranberries have popped. You remove it from the heat and add the rosemary. Let it sit for 15 minutes, strain out the solids, put it in a jar, and it'll keep for up to two weeks in the fridge. That's me, really be really yummy. That will be. So
1: we're not calling so, it the sword and the whiskey stone. No. <laughs> just wanted to
2: to make sure the name got in there. Yeah, yeah, no. So what we're going to do on that note, though, is when we make this, we're going to have special ice cubes that we make, and we're going to take—we have little metal cocktail swords. We're going to put them in the ice cube to look like the sword in the stone. Mm -hmm. We're going to put that in the um, rocks glass. Mm -hmm. We're going to add the whiskey, the simple syrup, and the bitters— Uh, stir it all up and then add a little bit of rosemary sprig garnish because, you know, that's going to be red for Arthur's color. It's woodsy because a lot of this movie takes place in the woods. Of course, you've got the sword and the stone there. It's also a good fall-time flavor profile. Yeah, very cranberry uh, and rosemary-forward, so definitely so. And then also, because... It was such a good name so we, as to not do We couldn't pass it up. We couldn't pass <laughs> it We're up. We're also going to make Madame Mimosas, <laughs> which is one part sparkling wine and one part ocean spray cran grape juice. It's really just half and half, uh, pour the sparkling wine in, top it with the juice, and then you're going to add some frozen cranberries for, like, ice and garnish, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to look like the the germ that she gets infected yeah. with at the end when she has spots all over her. Right. So, yeah, this, this, this is some good shit. I, I think we did good. <laughs> I appreciate that with this one...
0: We're both keeping it very simple from, like, an ingredients mm-hmm. perspective, but still very on theme with a little yeah. bit of creativity in yeah. there. Yeah. I like that there's some visual pop it's happening here.
2: It's
1: gonna make here. a good
0: picture. Yeah. Um, definitely. I also just appreciate that even though we're no longer in the summer of... Sweet Marsh. and Sour YA. So sour, a so
1: sour, yeah. So sour, yeah, this is of YA yes. so, yeah. You know. yeah. Um, yeah, going back. Yeah. I
0: feel like we're still almost in a YA space because this is Sword in the Stone, which has a, oh, yeah. a travel I mean, protagonist. Yeah, right, yeah, and th- this is like proto-YA in many... On that note, I mean, this is maybe the tenuous connection I That's can draw between, between that and the discussion. <laughs> we were talking about uh, kind of like, you know, in the vein of how we'll see classic literature, Shakespeare, this happens to a lot, where they'll get the YA adaptation and...
1: We talked. Not, well, like an update, well, not like, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, right.
2: Not just, just like not like staging. rewriting it for kids, right. but yeah. So like again, like this comes a lot from when we did she's the man earlier this year, mm-hmm. which obviously is Twelfth Night. You've got perhaps like the best example, Ten Things I Hate About You, which is Taming of the Shrew. I think mean, Clueless is up there too. Right, uh, yeah. Clueless is definitely very solid too, which is obviously based off of the book Emma. Um, and you know, th- there are other movies of the Silk as well. Not all of them are as good as no. those, but uh, you know, they exist. They're See, out there. recently Netflix's. Is-
0: uh, failed uh, persuasion adaptation where they tried to make a
1: persuasion. I never watched it. But what a watched it. I wanted, I meant to, but Y'all, I never watched it, it. literally
2: did not know that existed. So terrible! I'm gonna have
1: to sit through it. There are some lines where I was like, I see what you're trying to do,
0: but it, it's it just like it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So it's like they'll have them say the dialogue straight out of the book, and then out of nowhere. Uh, the main character will turn to Canberra and go, they say if you're a 7 in London, you're a 10 in Bath. Poor what's-her-name. Well, Dakota, Dakota Johnson. Dakota Johnson,
1: yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Dakota Fanning. I knew it wasn't Dakota Fanning. No, you're Dakotas. <laughs> no, my Dakotas. North and South. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so kind of off of that, we wanted to talk about maybe each of us were going to pitch uh, our own kind we of, like, these.
2: update. Yeah. We do. We love pitching games. We need prep time for them, but we love them. Yeah, no, they're fun fun to think about. And also, like, this, frankly, this is, like, you can't call it a genre, but, like, it's a concept that I like. Like, if I hear that there is a movie that is, like, a modern-day
1: adaptation of X, I'm like, (laughs) yeah, okay, I'm a little intrigued by it just from the get-go. I will say that I asked that it not be limited to, like, just, like, a young adult or high school adaptation, but then proceeded to also instantly already pick one that was a high school (laughs) (laughs) adaptation. So, you know, we weren't limited to it, but... No, I, I ended it went with, there anyway. we all knew what I was doing before we even... Right. Yeah, oh, right. we all...
0: We all... Yeah, we do, we, do you want to start? It is a classic, sure, honestly. I've talked about it. I'm it's one that sure... has lasted for several years at this
1: point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was introduced as a joke on this podcast. Pretty sure. I, better, but I don't remember, but... So basically the plot of Avril Lavigne's skater boy Is already the same thing as uh, Broad scripts. Jane Austen's persuasion Yeah It's basically the same story This really feels like One of those like High school English <laughs> teachers speaks of like
2: Boy like yeah. Shakespeare and rap music Have nothing in common or it's like They're it's really like, I'm trying that, so I'm that hard
1: girl And she And um uh, what's that fucking It's a boy girl thing I'm, I'm like when he Yeah when yes. He goes to the Harvard interview And he's like Well po- my favorite poets Are like rap artists Right like, Urban poets And are are they not the Shakespeare of our day?
2: It's just like a a teacher desperately trying to get an access point for their kids into this story. It's just like
0: Skater Boy, but it is, though. Yeah. um, And she said, see you later, boy.
1: Uh So, I, 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 it, I didn't really glibly just say, like, it's Skater Boy, it's that song, but I did Hugh, I, I took elements of that, I had to, because it was, like, yeah. you know, the inspiration, but uh, I think Persuasion is a really, really, really good fit for high school, I mean, much like the similar way to Clueless, like, Regency, <laughs> socio-political climate works oh, always itself well well to, to that shit. Maxwell, well. yeah. Um, so, let me briefly go over the plot of Persuasion. Um basically you have the main character Anne Elliot and her love interest uh Frederick Wentworth. Mm-hmm. Um and she's from this like, a very rich family and she's got an older sister, younger sister and her dad, all very rich, all very pretentious and uh at the start of it Frederick Wentworth is like this kind of poor <laughs> He doesn't have a lot of money or fame or anything um she really likes him she wants she, they have like a, th- a fling and she like he proposes to be like, like into a foreign engagement with her and she's like hey i really want to be here to this guy and her family's like he's a scumbag don't do that he's got no money he's got <laughs> right. no name even goes to like her close uh like sort of godmother slash close family friend lady russell who is a sensible person but still thinks like i think you could do better um, and so, like, that's, like, the straw that breaks the camel's back, and she's like, sorry, I, even though I really like you, <laughs> I am being persuaded, uh <laughs> all of my oh. friends and family to not marry you, and she rejects him. Um, cut to, like, X years later. it's, like, 10 or 15 it's, years. Like, it's not, I don't know if it's that long. It's a while, because he it's has a quite whole a career. He does have a whole career, but, uh, but yeah, she, years later, she's still unmarried, their family has since, like, squandered much of their wealth and they don't have to sell their ancestral home and move to Bath. Uh, one of Which is the, quite a like, come down for them. Yes, they're, they're now, like, shit, they're, they're now the shitbags. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, the, the younger sisters... <laughs> That's the title. The shitbags.
2: That'd be great. The
1: younger sisters married... Uh, and, and, yeah, at the, at the start, like, she's going to visit her younger sister at their family house, and Frederick Wentworth is now a prestigious captain. He went to join the military. You get to keep all of your winnings when you capture ships and stuff. He's, and like, he's, a naval captain, yeah, is Yeah, he? He, so he did, like, a lot of, like, raids at, on Napoleon's army, so he's, like, super, super rich now, and he's, like, looking to get me a wife.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and there are instantly, like, two children in this family who are, like, prime eligible ladies, one of them being Louisa Musgrove. Um... And who like is a, is like a decent enough person, um, and you can tell that like he still hasn't gotten over the fact that Elizabeth uh, that Anne rejected him in the first time. Um, so the most of the novel plays out over this like modern day time period where like Frederick is kind of going with Louisa for a bit, and meanwhile every time Anne sees him, she has to just like swallow her <laughs> depression and <laughs> angst. Felt like, uh, yeah, like because she you knows she she's not really a bad person. She was just like you know was misled, and now she's like, man, I was a real dumb was a real dumb bitch back then. <laughs> Shouldn't have listened to those assholes. Um, but by the end, uh, through a bunch of, like, traitors of tribulations, and hijinks and- through some hijinks and some ups and downs, uh, Frederick eventually comes to realize, like, oh, shit, she still likes me. And, and like, she eventually, a lot of it is, like, Anne just, like, being too passive and, and beaten down by the world to, like, step out and say, like, hey, I still like you. Sorry, I rejected you before. Um, And they end up together. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Which Um, is as
0: much about them getting back together as it is about her kind of, like, finding her spine and
1: standing up for what she wants. Yeah, there's definitely, like, Frederick at first is not, like, interested in entertaining the idea of, like, forgiving her, but, like, over the course of the novel, he continues to see how she behaves, like, really selflessly and, and... uh, he's just like a really good person and kind of fall, like, falls back in love with her. One of the things is, like, Louisa, he does, like, it does seem like he's going to get engaged with Louisa. And in, when they're visiting, like, his friend, who is really angsty because his friend's wife died or something, or a fiancé died, um, Louisa has this, like, really tragic fall where she, like, they think, they're not sure if she's even going to live. Like, she's... Her, she hits her head or something and she's like laid out for a while and like everyone's like oh and, she, and like, Anne really steps up to the plate and is like you're too like the family members are too traumatized to like have any sense of duty she's like alright we need this 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 I'm gonna go home and tell the rest of the family you guys stay here blah 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 and f- her and Frederick are kind of the ones that like wrangle the whole situation together and keep things under control um, and he stays with Louisa and during that time he's like Man, maybe I fucked up. Maybe I should be just dating Anne again. <laughs> um, and also Louisa then decides that she likes the angsty guy who just lost his fiancée <laughs> and gets engaged to him. And then they, they meet up again in Bath at the end, which is like Bath is basically like the prom. Um, yeah. Bath is like, you know, every, all the society people go hang out at the party. Um, and by that time, they're they're both like ready to fuck. But it takes them 100 more pages because it's Regency England. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, the remake I have... So the, the, the past events that we're talking about, they take place during high school. Um, the current events take place the summer following uh, Anne's freshman year, and Anne and Frederick's freshman year end at their respective colleges. Because I wanted the idea of, like, this, like, you kind of come back after a period of time. And it, it may, like, rather than have it be like they have to go to some place like Bath or whatever, I like the idea that, like you go you kind of there's a natural separation at when you go to college because you're all going different places but then unless your family has moved like you're you're seeing your people again that summer so like it's a good way of getting everyone scattered back together um so in high school you have ann elliott who was like you know your typical like she wasn't like a nerd nerd but she was just like a quiet smart you know kid um her family is kind of like her older and younger sister were, were both like cheerleaders and are both kind of like were high school royalty at the time. Um, her, they're both like one year apart so like when Anne is a junior Elizabeth's a senior and Mary's a sophomore uh, and her their dad I didn't want to deal with like wealth I, I said translated wealth to be like social clout and fame so their dad is like an actor that used to be in this prestigious 90s drama like who now has like sort of squandered his career and fame and, and doesn't mm-hmm. really do much except like be in C-list cons and doesn't have like you know and is just sort of desperate to like stay relevant in the in the social media sphere but like really just kind of does like really shit to your signings and stuff like that and just, just kind of trying to coast off of that as best as you can um and they, that that sort of has somewhat translated for the the elliot children into like some social cloud at school but also like elizabeth and Mary just very popular um, and during her, like, time at high school, she's in band with Freddie Wentworth, who's another kind of, like, he's kind of like a weird- he's, like, more outwardly weird, I think. Like, if he dresses weird or he doesn't- he's shy and he doesn't really know how to act, so it's, like, everyone is kind of like, he's that weird kid who, in band or whatever. <laughs> uh, and he hangs out with, like, maybe the Goths and the Slackers, so who are, you know, smoking weed in the back of the gym or whatever. Um, and she sort of bonds with him over the course of, of like, high school. And eventually he, like, asks her out, and Lady Russell uh, is now Miss Russell, the guidance counselor at the school, who's also a close family friend. Um, when, she, when she gets asked out by Frederick, uh, all of her sisters are like, you can't date him. You're going to, like, drag all of our rep down into <laughs> school. Um, and her dad obviously doesn't approve of, of this kid. Um, and Lady Russell, and Miss Russell is, is even like, like convinced that maybe she's going to like fall in with a bad crowd or like start doing weed and, <laughs> and like her grades are going to slip and is, like, you know, it's like like senior year is an important time for you you have college applications Man. I don't want you to lose focus blah 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 you, like you have a lot of promise um, and so she's convinced to like turn him down and not date him um, but then her subsequent like depression from doing that uh, causes her to like lose focus anyway and, and also so she still kind of like blunders her big Harvard interview and she doesn't get into Harvard and now she has to go to like her fallback state school uh, meanwhile, Freddie gets a scholarship to Berklee School of Music, um, and during his freshman year, he forms a band, and one of their songs goes, like, hugely viral on YouTube and TikTok, and, like, at the end of that year, when they're all coming home, like, he's, their band is kind of dealing with this, like, sudden influx of, like, attention from, both, like, people and, like, you know, record label artists and labels, like, they're potentially going to become a thing. Um, and none of them are prepared. Like Frederick, in particular, is not prepared to really deal with that, but is like doing his best to like because his band is really, like you know, he's he wants to like rewrite by his band or whatever. Um, the other people that I need to introduce here are so you have like Charles Musgrove and Louisa Musgrove. I think they're father and daughter in the book, but in this, they're they're brother and sister. Charles Musgrove is a guy that he mar- he, he marries the younger sister, Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, he is another, like... Uh, oh, right. Isn't the younger sister also is... kind of like a hypochondriac? I don't know. He that, might I'm be mixing up characters. With Emma? I think I am. Um, in the, in, so in Persuasion, it basically, like, Charles Musgrove is somebody that also proposed to uh, Anne, and Anne turned down because she just didn't like Charles, even though he was a good marriage prospect. So in this, Charles is, like, a, a fellow, like, he's of the same class as her, and invited her to prom that year. Um, and he was like a popular jock, so he would've been a good catch, but she was like, no, I don't like you, so I'm not gonna go to prom with you. Um, and he ended up dating uh, Mary, the young, his, her younger sister. Um, Charles has a younger sister, Louisa, so that summer, everyone's sort of like meeting back up. Um, Charles is ends up bringing Frederick to like some party or whatever, and like her her his sister Louisa is in something like oh my god Frederick, <laughs> and they have this awkward meeting because she has to meet up with like her her boy that she never got to go out with or whatever, um, who doesn't really know how to how to act around her. Um, James Bennick is one of Freddie's bandmates. This is the emo guy who is sad that his fiance died, and this he's just like the basis for Freddie's band, and he just had a bad breakup, yeah, that's uh, good. and that he's just sense. emo anyway. Um, and, like, at one point, they all have to go to, like, Bennick's house or whatever to, like, cheer him up to go because of, because of his bad breakup. And, like, that's that's when, like, the Louisa switch happens to yeah. like, gravitate some pretty to this. There's a character in Persuasion called Will, uh, William Elliot, who is a potential rival for Anne, uh, who is introduced at when they all meet up at Bath at the end. William Elliot comes on strong mm. to Anne and is like, Hey, 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 uh, you're really attractive and we should get married or whatever. Uh, it turns out that he's just a scumbag who, like, wants the uh, fame or the title of the Elliot family. He's got, like, money that he's gotten through other, like, just marrying rich people and he's then the, them. He's uh, sort of the Wickham
0: or the Willoughby is, of, the the of, the, of the story. He is, like, the Wickham um,
1: of the story. In this, Will Elliot is uh, somebody who, like, has moved... His family's moved to Anne's hometown in the interim between, like, freshman year of college and senior year of high school. So he's not n- a known quantity amongst anyone else, but he kind of is like, hey, I'm... A, a poor, you know, post-freshman student I've got no friends to hang out with, like, hang out with me. And he, he professes to have this, like, genuine interest in Anne. But really, he's just, like, chasing celebrity clout. He wants... To, he gravitates <laughs> towards Anne because he's, like, a fan of the dad's TV show. <laughs> and also because Frederick is, like, maybe blowing up. Um, so, yeah. That's basically what I have. But other than that, the plot could mostly proceed. As, as standard. And she said, see you later, boy. And she yeah. said, see you later, boy. It wasn't yeah. good enough for her. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it, the, the characters
0: translate really well. to I would way. legitimately watch this. Like, I, if that existed, I would com- I would absolutely go see that. Yeah. I, wa-
1: I want to say, I wanted to do a, a, a second one because I didn't have... Like, I, this was so easy, this was so straightforward to me, um, that I was, I thought about Northanger Abbey, like, talking about doing, like, a really, a five-minute version of, like, what would a modern Northanger, i have forgotten that I'd already read a really good modern book. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, there are two modern, like, at web adaptations that are, like, sort of blog, mm-hmm. sort of integrated things, or, like, vlogs and stuff, and also, they all do the same thing, and it all, like, Northanger is even more straightforward than this, which is, just nuts.
0: There was also a, a similar, like, vlog-based adaptation of... Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Lizzie Bannon Diaries. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot
1: about that. But yeah, Jane Austen, pretty easy. Yeah. yeah. Pretty easy
0: to do, more. It on. works. What yeah. can I say? I can go next, if that's cool. Yeah, sure, go ahead. So when I was in high school, we read this book that I looked it up just to make sure that I I could point to this as like classic lit. (laughs) Well, just because i mentioned it to other people and they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, And it was, it was like listed on some official list as like one of the greatest novels of the 20th century. So I'm like, cool. But anyway, it's called Winesburg, Ohio. Sorry, say that again? Winesburg, Winesburg, Ohio. Never heard of it. Okay. It is, it's, well, it's, it's kind of two firsts. One, it's one of the first, uh, short story cycles to be, so it was built and published as a novel, but really in function, it's a short story cycle. Uh. Um, and then it's also one of the first sociological novels where there's not necessarily a like main plot that everyone's installment. Cause it's, 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 um, each story is just about a different person in this town, Winesburg, Ohio, uh-huh. and I would think the only, like, thema- like the, the theme that's unifying all of these is that each of these people are dealing with some kind of loneliness or sadness in their life, uh, but aren't necessarily, like, but it's, all, it's, like, secret or, like, a shameful right. thing. So it's how, like, each of these people are kind of each dealing with their own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're supposed to be sort of, like, issues of the day, so, like there's a priest who's dealing with the fact that he's become attracted to a woman in his congregation, but he questions whether or not, like, is this actually romantic love or am I so starved for human connection that because this person was, like, nice to me and talked to me a little bit that I'm, like, projecting all of this stuff onto it. Um, I really appreciated how these, and, like, there's another one about, like, a like, none of the concepts are really that mind-blowing. I think they're mostly reflective of what were considered, like, social issues or questions at the time. Like, a wife unhappy in her marriage, unsurely really what to do about that, especially because when it was written, uh, divorce was not necessarily an easy option.
1: Yeah. It, when was the
0: year? I believe it was the 40s.
1: Okay.
0: No, sorry. I'm wrong about that. It came out in the 60s. Okay. Um, so yes, divorce was technically on the table, but not, like, an easy choice. And they, it's, it was, like, stories that was sort of at every age group, different people, different issues. I think that in and of itself is really interesting to update, and you could keep a lot of the same, not, necess- not always the same issues, right? Because, you know, different social issues of today. But a lot of these characters and a lot of these concepts and sentiments could still be explored, and it would be interesting to see how that might even change being applied to now. I think concepts, especially of, like, connectiveness and loneliness and isolation or community those are all things that take on different dimensions not only in our world now with the internet and with social media (laughs) which i would want to make as a part of this update like a really big part of that but also um i think like living in a world in which covid still exists Mm -hmm. that also plays a huge part in that i feel like Uh, many of those same emotions could be explored just sort of, like, in a different place. That's why it's, like, it's difficult for me to be, like, the plot is this and these are the characters because they're almost more just representative of things more than they are, like, people of themselves. But I think that's something we could still do. I think the only challenge would be is these days when you tend to do anything about, like, the way we live now it tends to be like so message heavy and kind of like stilted and maybe a little bit unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the way to avoid that is to just try to make it as character driven as possible to make it more character study so that it's not like, yes, you are exploring an issue, but it's not, you're actually allowing these characters to seem more real and more human and not
2: just the vessel through which you're exploring this concept. mm -hmm. So, yeah. All right, well, Hold my hands, friends, and we're going to go on a little <laughs> walk. All right. I-, I know that I was the one who initially said, are, are we all doing, like, high school themed? And Lee had said that, like, no, you don't have to, but, like, it, it does seem to be going that way a little bit. Yeah. And so m- my initial thought was, like, well, maybe what if I tried to do something not high school themed? And the sort of thing that I kept coming up with there is the idea of, like, how how Old oh, Brother Where Art Thou is an adaptation of The Odyssey, kind of, and how The Warriors is loosely an adaptation of a title that I can't pronounce an anabasis I don't know if that's how you say it or not but anyways but they're both basically like taking you know ancient Greco-Roman texts and finding some way to update them for a modern audience and I was really hoping to find something that spoke to me there and I simply could not I looked through so many Wikipedia synopses of various you know ancient things written on papyrus that were found in a jar in the Museum of London, and just like nothing whatsoever stuck there. So, having exhausted that, I've got two other ideas that um, I'm kind of going with here. So the first one is something that I've kind of been futzing around with for like a long ass time, just as like something always in the back of my head, but it's Great Gatsby set in high school. Oh because, yeah. And I, I just, I, yeah! one of my ideas. Yeah. I was looking right. at like other things to do. And I yeah, mean, it's really it just that, like... It makes it. So it does, and it's also just, like, in, in my head also, like, it's it's a comic adaptation of Great Gatsby. Okay, it's not, like, a dramatic... Too, too much of a bump. Right, no, because you don't you're literally want to end up with, like, and then a student shot the other one in the swimming right. pool, and then he died. It's just, like... So I, I think what it is more is the idea that, like, instead of this sort of jazz-age decadence, it's more of this kind of kind of like what you had gone off of um, Lee and I guess Chris also the idea of like the social media clout sort of thing that they're mm-hmm. all chasing so that you know you can have this idea where like the student moves to a new school where like the only people he knows there are like his cousin and like her shitty boyfriend <laughs> and like their emotionally distant <laughs> lady friend yeah. and it's just and it, it's just sort of like like and there's also this really rich kid in the town but no one knows what his deal is like but like he keeps up to himself but like my god what a fascinating mystery he must be and the only thing I really had in mind was the idea that, like, obviously in in the novel we know there's that whole uh, snaggeroo that happens where Daisy and Gatsby are driving Tom's car back to Long Island. Myrtle, who is like having a fight with her shitty husband. I thought it was Tom that was driving the car. No, it's. Well, Tom is driving the other car behind oh, them. Daisy's the one that hits Daisy's me. right. Daisy's the one who's driving the car, but they think it's Gatsby at first. And he's like, no, it was Daisy, a lady driver. While she's like having an argument with her boring husband, she's like, Oh, look out the window! Here comes here, here. What's what's the what's the shitty guy's name? What is it, Tom? Is it Tom. Tom yeah. yeah. She's like, here comes Tom, going 80 miles an hour to come rescue me. I'll go flag him down and runs down to the road. And is like, hey, Tom, and get like Daisy just plows her down. And so like the idea that I had in my head was just instead of her dying <laughs> getting hit by a car, she gets reconstructive surgery and becomes like the most beautiful one of all, and everyone's like, now we love Myrtle the most of all. Like. Her Myr- <laughs> Myrtle, who was hit by a car, like, oh my Myrtle God. is someone we should aspire to be more like. And so that's the sort of, like, little kind of thing that I wanted to do, like I said, just in terms of making it more of, like, a goofy teen is comedy. Like,
1: like, Heather's, like, binding? I was just about feel to say, like it's there's, cl- like, a yeah. Heather's or
0: Jawbreaker edge to it, where there's, like, there's some darkness, there's right. some black comedy in there. Right,
1: yeah, no,
2: that's that's definitely the sort of tone I was kind of going for for something like that. And obviously, because me, like, you want to gay that shit up a little bit more, too. I mean, like, you know, there's always undertones of homosexuality in Great Gatsby. We all know this, but anyway, so like that—that that was like the one option I had, and I didn't really like lean into it enough to commit to it. But that was a thought. I like that. And the other idea that I had is like I feel like the one Shakespeare play that I always come back to trying to figure out is *Midsummer Night's Dream*. Oh my and god! And I think because I just I like *Midsummer Night's Dream*, but like I feel like it's just it's just kind of impossible to really do. Uh, so the concept that I hit on was the idea that this takes place in a, like, performing arts drama camp. <laughs> and so, like, you kind of can account you're for... close to the woods, probably. Right. Yes. And, exactly. You're close to the woods. You can kind of account for everyone <laughs> being, like, a dramatic little pain in the ass because they're all performing arts students and so the idea that I think I have is it's, it's Theseus right Theseus is like the king I think so. in the beginning it's yeah and so like he's like the camp counselor he like calls in the four the two guys and the two girls like look like your horny angst is fucking up the camp like you little fuckers better like knock this shit off because I do not want to deal with this for another summer and so naturally they're all then they're all like oh but you know like we two love each other but she loves him and he loves her it's like and all that shit and, the, and these. It's just like, oh my god, like I, I, I can't fucking deal with you guys. This you're like, please just take it outside. So you've got like that going on. I think the um the bottom in friends thing is going to be like these little pain in the ass kids making a short film in the woods who are just like like very convinced of their own talents. And is bottom gonna be a bottom? No. Did you know there is. There was, like, I've never of seen it yeah, from
0: 2017. Kirsten Jentz is in it, I think.
2: Is she? Or she's in an update. I mean, of yeah, she might stream. be in one, but this one's from 2017. And in it, they turn Bottom's head into a literal ass, like, a butt. (laughs) No. Yeah, I didn't care for that either. That's done. And so for the, and as a fairy analog, I think they're just, like, the older students who are there and, like, these fucking weirdo performance artists who, like, no one really wants to associate with who basically have their own little cabin and cults on themselves. And so instead of it being magic flower eye juice that makes everyone fall (laughs) along. Made by fairies, literally. (laughs) I think the idea is just, like, the puck analog is basically just, like, this little shit who wants to fuck everyone up and just, like, starts spreading rumors throughout camp of being, like, like, oh, but, like, I was talking to so-and-so, and it turns out she really is in love with you, and she's, like, denying it to all <laughs> her friends, but I talked to her, and she said it's really true. So, like, please, trust my authority. I am telling you this is what's really happening to cause that sort of thing. You're also eliminating the whole, um, it's, uh, Oberon and Titania is the fairies with, like, that weird, like, he wants her baby, right? Like, she has, like, an Indian baby or something, and he's like, I want the baby to, like, join my crew. And she's like, no, it's my baby. Mm-hmm. And then he casts a spell on her, like, takes the baby, and she's like, oh, you've got me there. (laughs) Which is is such a strange thing. So I think it's just the idea that, like, they're this, like, quote-unquote power couple at camp who have, like, sort of fallen on the outs. And it's, again, because it's just... Here it is. What? I
0: found the one I was thinking of. What year was it? 2002. Oh, yeah, that's older. Uh, Midsummer Night's Rave, in which they explain Uh... all of the... As uh, drunk. I juice
2: as ecstasy. Right, so that was the thing, too, because like I 100% did not want to do, like, and they were all out drinking in the woods, baby, and Which they got drunk. it's one just, of the, I guess it's like a way you could do it. I, it's I think like, it's it's like the easiest way, but also it's just like that is less interesting to me as like an excuse as opposed to it just being more like horny angst that's right. like prompting all of these children to, you know. Act in oh, a way. Right, exactly. And so, you know, you've got t- Titanium Overon sort of being on the outs and Puck convinces the Titanium analog that, like, like this weird little film student's like like totally into you. And I think what will probably happen is that like she actually does turn out that like they are really into each other. Mm-hmm. So it's not like this weird thing of her. You know, it's not weirdly mm. mean, I'm right? And it's also just the idea that like he's a donkey and she's like sitting there be like, oh handsome donkey man, I love you so much. Then <laughs> her husband shows up and is like, fucking look at that, honey, look what you're doing. Right. And she's like, oh, got me again. <laughs> <laughs> That is kind of how it is in the play. It too. pretty much is, yeah. And so I, I think that the tone I'm looking at is something like, it's closer to like Wet Hot American Summer in terms yeah. of sort of like an over-the-top, yeah, an over-the-top movie set at a camp. And you also have elements of the 2003 or 4 movie Camp, which is also set at a
1: performing arts camp, but like I it's not that very good. So like, what <laughs> if that but funny? Or is this like a rated... Um... PG, uh, shit, what's that movie where all the dancers take LSD accidentally? Uh, climax? climax. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, is this, is this The is, PG-13 Climax. The <laughs> PG-13 Climax. <laughs> I have not seen Climax. I don't want to see Climax. <laughs> no, I don't either. But I could read all I, w- it. I will eventually. <laughs> I, am,
0: I am curious. But, yeah, I I hope there's, like, you know, maybe, like, less drug-fueled
2: murder. Yeah, it it, it truly just was the idea that, like, I don't really want to have, like, a movie where it's just about a bunch of kids, like, doing drugs or, like, unknowingly doing drugs as would probably have to happen if um, that was the direct analog. I had forgotten about the 1999...
0: Film, film adaptation the of *The Night's Dream yeah where it's Kevin Kline yeah. Rupert yeah, Everett Michelle Pfeiffer, Michelle Pfeiffer Stanley Tucci yeah. cast, Sophie yeah, Marceau stacked. Christian Bale Dominic Christa West Lachart. Anna Friel
2: Christopher Lockhart yeah. yeah it's a crazy cast and it's yeah. set in like Rome right or something I think uh, like.
0: the adaptation relocates the play's action from Athens to a fictional Monte Athena located okay. in Tuscany Italy Okay. Although all textual mentions of
2: Athens are retained. I feel like that's, like, fairly common, right, with that sort of shit. Yeah. Where you don't update the language. You know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I was so
2: pleased by that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How <laughs> drool. Thank you so whenever <laughs> he, he updates the text without changing a word. Oh. I love it. That yeah, like that's like a That's Those yeah. are those are the two like ideas yeah. that I'm working on. I, I
1: had are one you? one joke idea. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't actually I can't actually speak to you any more than like the pitch because yeah. I've never really read it. I've read like a tiny sprockton of it. But I think that there should be like A long HBO style show that is just a high school gorman guest. just like a really like, sort of turgid <laughs> really really intense and over the top yeah
2: <laughs> florid
1: everyone's like yeah, yeah. monologuing uh, that would be just, like out of the way high school somewhere it would have to have just like random shit happening like an then old, a poorly funded high school that is crumbling cause at some point Gormenghast starts to like
0: fold in like sci-fi stuff too
1: yeah well it's like it's it's bizarre like there's nothing it's just like there's like no not even, they barely talk about like the lands beyond right. the castle. Like, it's just as if <laughs> the castle is the only thing left in right. the world. It's a bizarre It's a bizarre setting. I, I've read I've read about it a lot. I, I never. I have also, it, I've
2: yeah, it. I've never read it, but yeah. I've read of it.
1: But I love the idea of I just know the re- by rotation then. From the small samples i read of just like the style like, that you kind of get into with that.
0: you like, like, a season of euphoria taking place inside a castle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but like very, I don't want to, I want to keep the tone of the like, very like Mm. Yeah, yeah, very, very theatrical, operatic. Yeah. Yeah. it could be like Brick, you know, like how Brick yeah. was like a film noir. <sighs> exactly, right. I, want there, I want it to be like set in high school, but have like the gravitas of Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, Brick really did thread the needle beautifully. Yeah, yeah, it does. I love that movie. I haven't watched it in forever, but I love it. Yeah, anyway, we, anyway. we could, honestly
1: we can do this all
2: day. Yeah, we. Could, <laughs> I could. I could do this all day. We could
1: pitch. We could pitch. Yeah. We could pitch. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Is any? Um, again, like you could do any of the other Jane Austen novels. Anything. Mm-hmm.
2: I mean the thing that I realized when I was going through a list of like Shakespearean comedies just to see is like a lot of them just, like, aren't that interesting.
1: No, you know? a lot of them are quite samey. Right, and it's also, yeah. like, the ones that are good
2: have already been adapted, like, the, a million times. The ones so it's that are like, good are the ones that we them. hear about all the time. Right. Right. The ones it's, you don't hear about are... They're very right, and so it's that. like, no one's <laughs> fucking doing Two Gentlemen of Verona. a <laughs> wow. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Casual rape. So, right. so, well, there was one... There was one season of Shakespeare in the Common that I went to go see where they did Two Gentlemen from Verona, and aside from the rape, it's also just a bad play.
2: I mean, that's my that was kind of my takeaway, just that, like, it's just not that interesting. It's just, like,
0: he... Does everything he does in that play, he does much better and in, in more interesting ways in literally every other play. I'll
1: tell you what, though. Good servant character names. Great servant. Yeah, speed, I believe, true. is one of them. Speed and Lance, I think. Lance, I think it's Lance, Lance? I don't know. Like L-A-U-N-C. Oh, I think you're right.
0: <laughs> um, I love
1: Speed. Is one of my favorite character names. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Something that struck me as I was just kind of looking around at, like, what kind of updates are kind of out there, mm-hmm. I had no idea there was a YA adaptation of And Then There Were None. Uh, I cannot say I did
2: either. I, either. I was like I was trying to figure out I'm like is it still a murder mystery? Right, exactly. I mean, that's what okay. I was wondering. I'm like are all these kids dying? Are they just like I... disappearing and like we find out they were having a surprise party. The description
0: yeah, that I like... saw just referred to them disappearing and uh-huh. didn't really go in I mean it doesn't tell you what
1: the I mean plenty of YA stuff that. has like yeah, like No, that's true. Yeah. You can certainly go for in YA, yeah. Yeah. There are like y- plenty of YA mysteries. Yeah. That's um, true. Come back at us though in two
0: weeks. Right, two We're weeks. We're gonna be talking all about the Sword in the Stone. Sword
2: in the Stone. Brendan's gonna sing all of his right. commentary.
1: Yes. Take out our our, um, our horns. Do some heraldry. Yeah. <laughs> some, yeah. Some jousting. Some jousting. I'll turn Chris into a bird. We're experience. <laughs> the truly bizarre Yeah, you know, turn me into a squirrel and then have, the squirrel <laughs> yeah, so you have a squirrel Yeah, so
2: you'll have like, a fat 40s squirrel chasing you'd be you
1: like, no! between, with Rort's voice, was it a kid going through puberty or was it's it three many kids. different people? It's literally yeah. three kids. Wow, really? Three? Three yes, three which is why his voice sounds wildly but different. But it's not like it's like a transition. It's just like that. You never know what you're gonna right, get. Right, I just, I know the Line's one part line. I remember at the end <laughs> where he's something like, like Archimedes, yeah. I have to fight Merlin that actually will be Oh, Right, the next
2: actually to be like, no. Like like guys, like I get that this like movies take a long time to make, but like hire one kid at the <laughs> end and be like, now just
1: go back and loop all of this dialogue. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, have him do all the other dialogue. Like maybe I get that you paid money to these kids, but Right, but like come on. <laughs> yeah. Um
2: What are we, what are our socials? Uh, Facebook.com slash WhyWitch Podcast, is the website. Uh, Apple Podcast and Stitcher Premium. There you go.
0: Wonderful. And uh, yeah, come back and listen to us talk about Sword in the Stone. get pretty TV. fucking drunk
2: and talk about Sword in the Stone. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have
0: mucho drinks. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.